0: Hey folks, today is Friday, September 22nd, and I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. folks, we are going to start today with a discussion about Orwell, the game that we've been streaming over the past few weeks for Let's IntelliPlay, our Thursday weekly live stream series. Now, to quick recap, Orwell is what I kindly call a government surveillance simulator. We are using a system called Orwell to digitally scour the internet to attempt to find terrorist threats against, quote unquote, the nation. Uh, which is the name of a country, a fictional country that feels a bit American, but maybe a bit UK, and it's an interesting hodgepodge. The point of the story, though, is that our role as users of the Orwell system is not to actually act on threats, but to funnel information about threats over to a handler. That handler can only see the information that we have given them and then acts according to what they feel is best on the segments of information we've provided now we got to the end of Orwell's five episodes yesterday and the game not only left me with thoughts about government surveillance and all those kinds of things but also about the way that I play games and You see Orwell becomes <laughs> about as heavy-handed as one would expect a game called Orwell To be named. Uh, Though there is a little bit of ambiguity about how one might feel about government surveillance in the first couple of episodes, it starts to make a pretty hard turn in the middle of episode three, and by the time the fourth and fifth episodes roll around, you definitively know where the creators of the game stand in terms of surveillance. But what I thought about even more than the implications of what global surveillance means we can have a discussion about that later Uh, but what i thought about was particularly the role that i played in orwell you see the decisions that you make the pieces of information that you decide to either give to the handler or not affect the way that the game plays out and without any spoilers by the time you reach the end A lot of your decisions come to fruition whether you've made them passively or actively to support the system or to otherwise try and stand up against it as I was playing the game I remember early on saying something akin to well we're playing a character who is hired by this system to use the Orwell system so these are the things that we should do and I played the game with this mentality of, well, I guess if I'm here, it's my job to report this, I should report this. Well, there are a number of consequences that came as a result. By the end of the game, when I wished that I could have taken a particular action, some of those doors were closed to me. And I also, it made me think about playing L.A. Noir. Some of the decisions that I made while playing Cole Phelps, who I knew is a dirty, rotten, terrible detective, But those decisions weren't Cole's decisions. They were my decisions as the player holding the controller, playing the game. Yes, there are things that happen and they're inherent to a game's design, but we also get to make choices in those games. Do I decide to give all the information about a particular character in in Orwell, regardless of whether or not it is germane to the specific situation? Do I decide to additionally interrogate a little girl who has been the victim of sexual assault in Ellie Noir? Asking myself about what Cole would do or what this random character in Orwell would do, those questions aren't good enough because it's not about what they would do. It's really about what I would do. And as the one holding the controller, I have to bear some responsibility for those actions. Moving forward, I want to make sure that when I am streaming, I'm setting a good example for what I would hope to see in games and the actions that we would take as a whole. So I'm going to try and make a more concerted effort to not pass the buck, to not say, oh, well, it's the design of the game, because that's what happens in real life, too. Whistleblowers and other people who are placed in dangerous situations have to make the call to step outside the bounds of their responsibilities to do what's right. And hopefully we can do that in games too. Alright folks, we're going to take a quick music break. Today's selection is from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Movie for Super Nintendo. It was a game that my sister and I used to play together really, really regularly. Uh, It was a two-player co-op beat-em-up game it kind of holds up over time it's yeah anyway after the break we will go ahead and take a call in and then we'll have a quick mini review on destiny 2 folks we are back from break and we're going to start with a call-in from video game theory chiming in on the discussion from yesterday about the benefits of gaming
1: hey man i always think it's interesting to ask about what are the benefits of gaming uh it's always a good reminder to really think through what that is i i take a look at it from a couple scientific approaches too uh, some stuff that games have proven to do one thing it's definitely been uh, proven to do is improve your hand-eye coordination very crucial when you're doing something like a shooter in terms of your reaction time. Uh, I actually credit it a lot for my job in being able to type really well and fast uh, without having to look down all the time. Uh, I work in the tech space, so this is very crucial to kind of have that skill in hand-eye coordination. I also think uh, having it also is really good at enhancing the strategic and creative elements of the brain you know when you're solving a puzzle or you're going through like a role-playing game uh, and trying to level up your character you know there's a lot of creative thinking you have to go through to manage teams and resources and so on so that comes into play too for a lot of different life experiences that people don't give a lot of credit for thanks for
0: that colin and i think you make a lot of great points people have talked about the hand-eye coordination related benefits of gaming and though they were a little bit in dispute for a while, there has been research that has shown that folks who play video games are um, more likely to be able to quickly pick up tasks that involve hand-eye coordination. So it's nice to get some practice in that regard. But like we talked about yesterday, there is also an idea of the mental strategy that comes from playing different types of games. Being, and those skills translating into other spaces. Games, at the end of the day, are just systems that we've created. You know, artificial rule sets that give us restrictions to play in and experiment with. Every time we play a different board game with a different objective, we get to sit down and think, well, what would be the fastest way for me to succeed at this? Would it be to play this system in this particular manner? Is it to try and work these particular players against each other? There are any number of ways that we can be dealing with exactly the same group of people and be dealing with completely different strategies, just as the very nature of the system that we're using to interact with them in. And that doesn't just apply to games, it also applies to work. It applies to personal relationships, whether they're familial or romantic or otherwise. So I think that there's a lot that we can learn uh, mentally and sometimes physically through games. Uh, and I, I guess when it comes to action, to physical sports, uh, there's a lot more to learn physically there as well. Anyway, thanks for your call in. And don't forget that if you are interested in contributing something to the discussion here on Intelligame Radio, you can use that call-in button here on Anchor, uh, Anchor FM. If you don't have the app, you can download it from Google Play or from the iTunes Store, wherever you get your mobile apps. And also, if you don't use those but want to go ahead and still contribute to the conversation, you can go ahead and jump into social media at Facebook or Twitter.com slash Let's Reviews aren't typically something that we've done a lot of here at Intelligame, but over the past few weeks as I've thought about ways to make sure that Intelligame is serving its community well, I've thought about, well, if we have opinions about games, perhaps folks would like to know about those earlier rather than later. Maybe not as a way to say, go buy this game, but even just, should I spend time playing this game eventually? Or what are some of the ways that you think that this game is important or impactful? So, uh, we're gonna spend a little bit more time on reviews. I hope that you swing over to the website, Intelligame.us, and check out the review that we posted last week for the first episode of Hive Swamp, which was written by Julia Alice of Great Depression Games. In the meantime, I'm gonna give a quick mini recap of my experiences with Destiny 2 here on Intelligame Radio. So, the original Destiny, Destiny 1, over the three years of content that were released, I have to say, was a very wishy-washy experience for me. The gameplay itself, the mechanics were super tight, and the gunplay is some of the best that I've played in a first-person shooter. However, what keeps me coming back to uh, to a game, particularly one that is aiming to be a massively multiplayer online game, is its story, and where Destiny set up this grand world, Uh, that takes place apparently in the future where guardians are gifted with the traveler's light that allows them to uh, continuously revive and fight against these scourges and menaces to society really just was super lackluster destiny vanilla was almost devoid of real story content uh, integrated into the game and the taken king and the rise of iron expansions brought in more of that but not really enough to make it feel solid. Destiny 2 basically says all the things that you didn't like about Destiny 1, we've fixed. Over the course of the past three years, it seems fairly evident that Bungie has listened to its community and so it has made it easier for you to pair up with other players uh, so that you can go through and do more difficult content together It has increased the customization that you have for your particular characters. Uh, And for me, the high point is that they have really focused on story and character development. Over the course of the roughly ten... eight? Six to eight hours that it took for me to clear the main campaign, I found out this story of Gaul, a uh, member of the Cabal who basically invades the Guardian home territory tears everything up, and is fighting for the the light, the approval of the Traveler, which is essentially a god allegory in the world of Destiny. And so you have this story of this villain who is searching for the approval of this figure, and instead of of trying to take power, uh, he's trying to gain the acceptance of power, even though he is not the chosen one. It's an interesting discussion that I had with a friend of mine last night, and I think that the implications of that discussion are also very interesting. Beyond that story, there's still plenty of content to explore, tons of weapons to unlock. It is a loot-driven game, so of course as you're going through and taking out enemies, you are grabbing new guns and new armor and constantly respecing. The multiplayer uh, combat is a lot of fun, they've introduced a couple of new game modes, one of them actually feels a little reminiscent to American Football, Um, but overall, I feel a lot more excited to see what Destiny 2 has to offer over the next few months and into its coming expansions. It's one of the few games that I've actually contemplated buying a season pass for, though I probably won't do that and I'll just wait for the expansions to come out and buy them as they come. For a more in depth review, you can keep an eye out at Intelligame.us, where we'll be posting something over the next couple of days. But in the meantime, I would say that if the original Destiny was fun to you, but maybe there were a couple things that didn't quite hook you, Destiny 2 will probably fix a lot of those issues, and I'd recommend giving it a shot. If you just didn't, flat out didn't enjoy Destiny, Uh, Destiny 2 probably is not going to do anything that pushes you over the edge into I enjoy it territory. Anyway, that's going to wrap up Intelligame Radio tonight. I've been your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at WallStormer. You can also find Intelligame at Twitter or Facebook.com slash Let's Intelligame. Until tomorrow, keep Intelligaming.